Chapter Nineteen of Sabotage in Space by Carrie Rockwell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. I don't know what you're talking about. Shouting angrily, Barrett sat in one of the pilot's chairs, flanked by Roger and Astro, while Connel and Tom stood in front of him, firing questions. Barrett said, "Connel, I have enough evidence on you now to send you to a prison asteroid for ten years at least." "'On what charge?' demanded the young man. "'Trying to kill an officer of the Solar Guard.' "'Where's your proof?' demanded Barrett. "'Right there,' snorted Major Connell, pointing to the sleeping figure of Professor Hemingwell. "'What do you mean?' demanded Barrett. "'He'll swear that you deliberately sent this ship into full drive while I was out on the hull checking the rings.' "'He can't,' protested Barrett. He was on the bridge. He couldn't have seen a thing. Tom shook his head gently. Barrett, after what you've done to this ship and the projectile operation, he said, Hemingwell will swear to anything. It's a frame-up, shouted Barrett. And what do you think you did to us? snarled Roger. Barrett flushed and turned away. You can't scare me, he muttered. Go ahead. Let him swear to whatever he wants. Connell stepped back grimly and turned to Astro and Roger. "'All right, boys,' he said. "'Take him below and see if you can't get some different answers out of him.' The hardened spaceman turned his back and walked to the viewport. "'Why, you dirty space rat!' screamed Barrett. "'You wouldn't dare!' "'Oh, wouldn't he?' retorted Roger. "'Listen, pal, he figures we owe you plenty for what you did to us, and he's just given us a chance to pay you back.' He faced Barrett grimly. Mister, you're going to get the works. Come on, Astro. As the giant Venusian advanced on Barrett, the man shrank back in his chair, eyes widening with sudden fear. When Astro stretched out his huge hand and grabbed him by the front of his jacket, he screamed in fright. All right, all right, he cried out. I'll talk. Devers did it. He made me do it. He's responsible for the whole thing. Turn on that audiograph, Corbett, shouted Connell. Tom snapped on the machine and brought the microphone over to Barrett, holding it in front of his trembling mouth. All right, talk, Connell growled, and tell it all. Barrett had hardly uttered the first stumbling words when Roger let out a shout of alarm. Hey, the scanner, he cried. They all turned to the teleceiver screen. To their horror, they saw a menacing shape blasting toward them. They recognized it instantly. A space torpedo. Astro dove through the power deck hatch while Roger raced for the radar bridge ladder. Tom hurled himself into the co-pilot's chair, and with Connell beside him in the command position, he waited for Astro to supply power. Suddenly the ship trembled violently and then shot forward as, far below, the jet exhaust screamed under the full thrust of all the atomic reactors. Tom rode the controls hard and kept his eye on the scanner screen. "'It's a magnetic gyrofish!' he cried as he saw the torpedo curve after them. "'Roger, can you plot her for me?' "'Working on it now, Tom!' yelled Roger over the intercom. "'How in the blazes did that thing get out here?' muttered Connell. "'We'll have to worry about that later on, I'm afraid, sir,' replied Tom. "'We're going to have our hands full getting away from her.' 
With that magnetic warhead, she'll follow us all over space unless we can throw her off. Which will take some doing, grunted Connell, frowning in deep concern. Hey, Tom, Roger's voice called over the intercom. It's blasting on maximum thrust now. We have a pretty good chance. Use that idea we worked out. Make a series of left turns and always on the upplane of the ecliptic. Right, said Tom, clutching the master manual control level and beginning to fly the giant ship through space by feel. What in the blazes are you doing, Corbett? shouted Connell in sudden alarm. Just hang on and watch, sir, replied Tom, keeping his eyes on the scanner where he could see the space torpedo trailing them. Over and over, Tom kept slamming the ship into sharp left turns, while the torpedo followed in an ever-narrowing circle. "'All right, Tom!' yelled Roger again. "'Give it the same thing on the right, and the downplane of the ecliptic.' "'Check!' answered Tom, reversing his controls and sending the ship corkscrewing through space on an opposite course. Connell grabbed the arms of his chair and gasped. "'You kids are space-happy!' "'Those gyros are so perfect, sir,' said Tom, working the controls quickly and smoothly. "'That the only way you can throw them off balance is to confuse them.' "'Confuse them!' exclaimed Connell. "'Yes, sir,' said Tom. "'It's a theory Roger and I worked out together. "'No gyro is perfect, and if you can get it bouncing back and forth in extreme turns, "'it will be thrown out of balance. "'Then all we have to do is make the torpedo miss once, and it won't come back.' "'Heaven help us all!' was Connell's groaning reply. "'On the ball, Tom!' cried Roger. "'She's closing in on us!' "'I see her!' replied Tom calmly. "'Hang on, everybody. I'm going to turn this ship inside out.' Jerking the controls, Tom threw the ship into a mad, whirling spin, subjecting the vessel to the most severe strain tests it would ever undergo. The hull groaned and creaked, and badly fitted equipment tore loose and clattered across the deck. Suddenly, the young cadet leveled the ship. "'Nose-breaking rockets, Astro,' he called. "'Breaking rockets, aye,' acknowledged the Venusian over the intercom. On the power deck, Astro jammed the forward drive closed and slammed open the nose rockets. The ship trembled, bucked and finally came to a shuddering stop before it started a reverse course, accelerating quickly. "'Here it comes!' yelled Roger. As Connell and Tom watched tensely, the space torpedo loomed large and menacing on the scanner, and then, as they held their breaths, it whistled past the silvery hull of the ship, with less than two feet to spare. Sighing deeply, Tom brought the ship back to level flight. "'We're okay now, sir,' he said. "'Her gyros are out. She won't come back.' "'By the craters of Luna!' Connell suddenly exploded. "'The Solar Guard spends a fortune to develop a foolproof space torpedo, "'and two hot-shot cadets come along and get away from the blasted thing. "'Why haven't you told this to anyone before?' "'Why, er,' stammered Tom, "'we never had the chance to prove it, sir.' Behind them, the power deck hatch suddenly opened, and Astro stepped in. "'Nice work, Tom,' he called. "'And as for you, you Venetian ape,' roared Connell, "'don't you realize that you can blow a reactor tube by throwing so much power into a ship without energizing the cooling pumps first? 
Astro smiled. Not if you open the bypass, sir, he said, and feed directly off the pump reservoir. The gas cools the tube and at the same time expands itself and adds to the power thrust. At Astro's easy reply, Connel could only stand open-mouthed in amazement. Again, one of the three cadets of the Polaris unit had developed a revolutionary procedure that even top rocket scientists would be proud to call their own. Winking at Tom, Astro turned away, and suddenly noticed Barrett sprawled on the deck unconscious. "'What happened to him?' asked the big Venusian. "'Oh, I forgot all about him,' said Tom. "'Guess he didn't get into an acceleration chair in time. Better get some more water.' "'We haven't time for him now,' snapped Connell. "'Strap him in good and tight. We've got to find out where that torpedo came from.' As though in answer to the Major's order, there was a sudden call over the ship's intercom. Radar bridge to control deck. Check in. There was a note of alarm in Roger's voice. Tom jumped to the control panel to reply. Control deck, I he snapped into the microphone. There's a spaceship to starboard, called Roger. Distance twenty miles, fifteen degrees, up on the plane of the ecliptic and I swear she's maneuvering to fire another torpedo. Standby action stations, roared Connell, diving into his chair before the control panel. Tom strapped in next to him while Astro made a headlong dash for the power deck. Yes, shouted Roger. She's fired a torpedo. Razor, razor, bellowed Connell. Tell them who we are. He turned to Tom. Go into your act, Corbett he said, and make it good. As Tom manipulated the controls again, the silver ship plunged through space, turning and gyrating in the same series of maneuvers it had performed to escape the first torpedo. But this time the distance separating them was not as great, and the torpedo closed in quickly. "'Can't you raise that ship yet, Manning?' Connell roared into the intercom. "'I just have, sir.' replied Roger in a strained voice. But it's... Let me talk to that lame brain of a skipper, interrupted Connell. By the stars, I'll teach him to. It's no use, Connell, said a gruff voice over the control deck loudspeaker. Even if you duck this torpedo, I've got ten more. Who is this? roared Connell. Don't you know, Connell? Why, I'm surprised. The teleceiver screen glowed into life, and Tom and Connell stared in horror as they recognized the images of three men. The one in the foreground smiled mockingly, and said, "'Remember me, Connell?' "'Deavers!' Connell roared. "'And the other two behind him,' stuttered Tom. "'Cag and Monty!' "'Why, you dirty space-crawler!' cried Connell. "'I'll get you if it's the last thing I do.' "'No, you won't, Major,' Devers laughed. "'The last thing you'll do is kiss a space torpedo. "'Then no more Major Blastoff, Connell. "'No more whimpering Professor Hemingwell. "'And most important, no more projectile ship!' "'And as Devers laughed loudly, "'Tom threw the ship into another violent turn and cried, "'It's no use, Major. I can't duck this one.' "'All hands brace for a torpedo,' warned Connell. Suddenly there was an explosion aft. The ship lurched and shuddered violently, spinning through space, and as Tom fought the controls, everything went black. 
the ship drifted helplessly out of control. End of chapter 19